just like Griselda, we are releasing too much shit at the same time. This uh, this episode of Hip Hop Forum has been split into two parts because there's just too much material. So in this first part, we talk about Talib Kweli fucking the Triple H lookalike Sarah J, WAP, Logic retiring, Cuban Links 3 and loads of other good shit. Uh, and then check out the second part for some more amazing hip hop chat. So I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Welcome to Notorious POD. I'm your host, John Bass. It is another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by Cal and T. How are we doing, boys? Good, good. Yeah, all good, man. Cal, you were saying that you um you made a girl cry today. How, how did that feel, mate? Uh, powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good to you know have the you know people you know sometimes pe- people everyone puts on an air of what they actually are. And sometimes you, you get a read for someone and you just think, nah, I'm going to show you who you are. And that's exactly what I did. Do you know what, mate? That's fair enough. And also, I think it's a weird um, it's a weird world that we live in that that scene is worse than making anyone else cry. Like, you know, equality is anyone can get it. Anyone can be made to be crying. Like, it's right. fine. That's right. It has to be done yep. sometimes. Yeah. You act like a prick, you're going to cry. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, t- t- talking of um, making people cry... Um, Story one, I'm going to jump straight in. Talib Kweli um, had full sexual intercourse with Sarah J. Uh, <laughs> the <and> game! <laughs> that is the game! Uh, AKA <laughs> Triple H. And that made me cry with joy because that is the funniest um, combination of people to have sex I think I can ever possibly think of. Um, Cal, what do you reckon, mate? Mad story, eh? Man, like... Somebody somebody summed it up really well on social media. They said all Talib Kweli had to do was shut the fuck up. Don't talk, don't tweet, and you're a you're a respected rapper. People like you. You've got a podcast that I've actually watched some of his uh, one or two of his podcasts on um YouTube. He did a uh, interview with Rhapsody which I watched. Um and all he had to do was just shut the fuck up. Just don't say anything. Just do your little podcast. Have your little rap career. But no, he has to go out there and harass people. It's weird as fuck. It's weird as fuck. T, what do you reckon about... I'm more interested, T, on your take on Sarah J. Um, and how she looks like Triple H. And it's only <laughs> fucking her. Scenarios. Well, um, you know, as a respected viewer of porn for, for a long, long time, I've followed her career quite closely. Um, you know, <laughs> she's... um. Pretty, yeah, you know what, man? She's got a honest a, pro. A, did you say an honest pro? Yeah, 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 an honest pro, definitely. Yeah, Dennis Irwin left back, <laughs> but um, she also looks a bit like Toby Alderweireld. So yeah, there's good variations, <laughs> good variations yeah. there. But um, I think Cal nailed it that they probably just had to keep quiet. I mean, it goes, it it feeds back to the issue of um, when things affect black women, is it taken seriously? You know, we got R. Kelly and you got the situation and. The story didn't really get any traction till about after a weekend. Yeah. You know, then there's all these stories of him doxing people and, you know, getting up to their families and stuff. It's just, this is, these are easily avoidable things, man. For sure. And I find it such a, I think the thing that I find so mad is if, if you just listen to his music, right? So you don't see anything on social media, you don't see anything that he's like putting out on like blogs and shit like that. You just listen to his music. 
you would think that the guy is like properly down for the cause, like mm. you know, is is kind of like to coin the modern phrase, is like he's woke, like he understands like different concerns from different communities. But his like online persona, particularly like his Twitter persona, is fucking toxic as fuck. Like it's horrible. Mm. And so like when I see that Talib, I'm like, yeah, I can believe all that shit. But it just chimes so weirdly with his with his music, which is why I think it's just really funny that he comes across very like preachy. And then is basically kind of caught out like banging a Triple H Toby Alderweireld crossover, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And also like he's now, so I think he's been banned now, hasn't he, from Twitter because of yeah, his like um, harassment, permanent ban, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is fair enough. And it is, um, in a way, like again, I don't want to kind of excuse people doing horrible shit, so I'm taking these as like separate things. But I also enjoy this like podcast. I've seen a few of it, and again, his persona on there is really different. He comes across there as like quite sincere and like quite. Quite, quite interesting, quite engaging, like an engaging person to listen to. And like his his place in hip hop is really interesting because he's obviously like backpack, black star, most deaf side of hip hop, but also kind of was one of the people that really helped Kanye in his early career. And he's obviously quite an intelligent guy and then just does really ignorant shit. So he's like, he's a very divisive figure. And I thought it was like just an interesting thing to talk about. But um, but there we go. So yeah. Um, okay. I just thought we'd start with that and I'll leave it there. Um, um yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, I mean, it's just so common in, well, I can only really speak on, on black culture where in childhood they're forced to go to church, they're forced to get a persona. Right. And now, you know, Talib Kweli's this woke guy, he feels, I don't know, maybe maybe he was never woke in the first place. Maybe he just had an epiphany and thought, fuck it, I'm going to fuck Sarah J. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, yeah. he just, like, would, he watched Raw one day and was like, watching wrestling and he was like you know what triple h is all right <laughs> and then he met sarah j and was like close enough yeah and he just big. decided to pile in and it's just like maybe it's like twitter maybe he like discovered twitter and then he got a little following and you know you know there's plenty of keyboard warriors out there and people like that that, that search their own names and weird shit like that and Perhaps, you know, perhaps he always was this woke kind of conscious guy before, but then social media has kind of brought out a nasty side of him. Yeah. And also, look, on a, on a human level, like, we'd all fuck Sarah J, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of the fact she's like Triple H, right? And so he is a bloke and she's, you know, she's got her, um, you know, she's got a kind of porn following and there's a whole like stigma attached to porn stars and stuff. But fundamentally, like, they're, they're both consenting adults, well, I'm mm. assuming they're at the time and like why not like yeah. fair enough like you know for those of you who haven't seen her work you know she's a very passionate performer um and i think she'd be she'd be really fun and so you sort of think to yourself yeah good on you like fair play like, I, you... I listened to i listened to a podcast she was on funnily enough um and she does seem quite down to earth and really nice it might have been a rosenberg podcast much might have just wasn't in the studio for five ten minutes but she seemed you know seemed, seemed to you know have a bit of knowledge and seemed intelligent. Fair enough. I think it, I okay. think it's just the image of um, Talib Kweli being this you know super woke guy, and he ends up with with a porno star. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, that's exactly. from his point. Also, I've, I've not got no problem with, with porn at all. So just don't don't come after me. <laughs> yeah, same. And, and this is I'm trying not to make. I mean, we have already, and there's reasons behind why this is where it is in the running order. Like this is a little bit objectifying of women, um, but. Um, the reason for that, the reason I was interested in that is because the next subject we're going to talk about um, kind of covers that and why it's like it kind of becomes a uh, a kind of loose issue when actually we live in a world where 
maybe women are okay with that idea because actually they're in control of their objectification. So obviously, we're now going to talk about WAP, W A P, <laughs> wet ass pussy, wet ass fuck, or whatever the fucking what it do, are. what it do. <laughs> exactly. So let's um, let's talk about that because there's been a massive like backlash of like, is it objectifying of women? But it's like, well, no, because they're like for it. So what does that mean? And some people are like, this is great, like it's really empowering. Other people are, are not for it. So, so I, I know that we, when the song came out, we kind of shared it in the in the hip hop forum chat, and we're like, obviously in the video, and we were kind of talking about it. So T, like, talk me through your um, first of all thoughts on the song and the video, and then we'll um, we'll talk about the backlash from there. So yeah, thoughts on the on the song mm. first, mate. What do you think? Um, I thought it was Meg's song. I didn't know it was um, Cardi B's song, so that probably sums up well for about the track. Um, yeah, I mean, Meg, Megan's got bars. Megan's got bars. I know she's got bars. Now, that's for the video, boy. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sarah Jamie's going to pop out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, man. Like, the video's watchy as fuck, man. But I think that, you know, they are kind of only that. I mean, I think feminism isn't a monolith, it's not where. Every feminist has the same ideals. Some feminists are happy to do videos like WAP, and some feminists think that's setting them back 50 years. So maybe we say, oh, yeah, you know, women talk about objectification and that. I mean, you know, they're not on monolith. They're not on monolith. They're not all got the same views. So, you know, they can't win. Yeah, agreed. Cal, what are your thoughts on the, on the song and the video, mate? Yeah, I, I didn't love the song. I didn't really like the song uh, very much. I'm not a fan of Cardi B as a rapper, really. I don't think she's very good at all. Um, but the video was great. <laughs> and uh, like any, like most red-blooded males, I follow Megan on Instagram. And I was like, oh, this is coming out. This will be interesting. And like T said, she's got bars. And she, the pair of them, both of them, they're owning their sexuality. And there'll be a lot of insecure men out there that will try to tell them what to do with their sexuality and with their with their body and whatever but at the end of the day they're going to do what they want to do and that's what that's what you know sexual freedom is all about and fair play to them their, their song is the i saw uh megan posted on insta earlier that the song is number one and two uh oh. in the charts on so number one and then the clean version is number two um oh, sure. so i think that was on the apple music charts or something and it's like, you know what? Fucking fair play to you both. Didn't didn't love the song, but I like like T said. I thought Megan had great bars on there, really clever, witty stuff. Um, and yeah, fair play to them both. Crack on. Yeah. What, what, what I was gonna say was, someone said it's the most empowering, um, you know, moment for women in hip hop. Something along those lines. Okay. And this bloke on Twitter pointed out that Rhapsody made an album. Um, what was the last one she did? Eve. And yeah. every song was named after. You know, positive. You know, positive black woman. Whether it be Oprah or Sojourney or all these other famous black women in, in African American history, mm. and that album got no traction. So it's a catch between the two because people are saying women shouldn't do that, but you're not buying the music that appeals to you know your consciousness, your wokeness, or whatever you want to call it. So you know, either support the change you want to see or fuck off. Mate, totally, totally agree. And that, it's really interesting what you said there because like. Again, like we, um, Cal and I did, a, did the Black Album. It's one of the like, album kind of like um, episodes that we did. And there's, there's a bar on there about how Jay-Z's like, you know, truthfully, lyrically, I want to be Talib Kweli, right? But, it's, but he knows it's ultimately, it's like, well, that's not going to make me $10 million on this album. So I'm going to make stuff that's street shit, right? And no one's, no one's backlashing against Jay-Z talking about how he used to sell drugs mm -hmm. and how like he's like 
I don't know, smacked women about or been involved in gun crime. No one's even, no even one's, Mr. Cal. Yeah, exactly. No one's going fucking like outrageous about that. And like, God knows how many other like hip hop songs that have untold fucking mad shit that they say objectifying themselves, objectifying the opposite sex. So I find it weird that this is the thing that people are going fucking mad about. I find it weird. And actually, like, it's one of those things, which is like you said, there are there are plenty of actually great um, female artists that aren't making stuff about their body and about sexuality and people aren't buying it. So those people that are like complaining, it's like, well, what are you what are you doing? So, yeah, your support of fuck off is exactly the right attitude to take, I think. And I think that's to be fair to both um Cardi and Meg, their view is basically like, get with it or fuck off. Like, we don't give a fuck. And now they've got that number one and number two in a chart, which is amazing stat, by the way. Then who like who gives a shit? Like, ultimately, music is entertainment. Um, I definitely enjoyed the video more than the song. And the song is just like a lot of the usual shit that's out at the minute. It's fairly poor. Um, but again, yeah, Meg, Meg is decent. Like, I do think she's um, she's actually got bars. Uh, but the video is ridiculous. Like, I can't remember the last time I actually watched the video um full stop and then i watched it twice immediately to be like right don't watch this again um, which is so embarrassing i felt like a kid again you know like when when you're a kid and like i don't know fucking j-lo video be out you're like fucking hell that was that was i don't know why i'm enjoying that so much but i am i'm gonna watch that again um and you know back back, back in the day you'd have to sit in front of it like mtv base or box and wait for the next hour to the video it came back around right these days it's on demand so yeah you can, you can just flick around did what did uh uh, T, what did you think about Kylie Jenner being in it? Mm. A bit weird. Um, partly she doesn't it's, fit in, does she, to it, to the whole no, thing? I think it's, it's random, isn't it? It's, just, it's all marketing, you know, it just reaches a different market segment, I suppose, because lots of people look up to Cardi B and Kylie Jenner, and I guess um, bring Meg up to that level. I mean, Meg had Savage of Beyonce, but this has probably pushed her up another level as well, so it's all... Saw a back pattern, but I thought she was a little out of place in that video. Yeah, I, I would like to see the the Talib remix with Sarah J taking the place of Kylie Jenner in the video. <laughs> uh, I'm there for that. I'm all about that life. Um, be pretty good to see. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, I think it's a bit of a weird one. I, I just saw today. I, I actually did some research, boys. Can you believe it? Research is what we're all about on this pod. Um, basically, Cardi B posted that essentially the reason she's in the video is because uh, one of the kids' party, like Kylie Jenner's kids' party, that. Um, Cardi B's kid was there and that she was just really nice and they just got on really well and that she just they're, they've got like connections through um like baby daddies and all that sort of shit so it was literally just like we're mates so I wanted yeah. to be in the video so shut the fuck up about it yeah um, somebody was, was saying like tell. sorry somebody was saying like uh oh there should have been like a, a Marilyn Mello in it or you know somebody else but then you take a look at you know for example Marilyn Mello's got like a million follow followers. Kylie Jenner's got 189 million Instagram followers. And if you want, if you want to put eyes on your music video, it makes absolute sense to put Kylie Jenner in it. Um, because yeah, like you, like T said, it's like you can push that pushes Meg onto the next level. You know, break the internet as they say, and this is exactly what it did. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. Like I think it's one of those things. One, like it's not up to like us, like. Like us three or anyone else to decide who's in whose music video. Like yeah, it's mad, yeah, isn't it? Like, yeah. oh, it should have been so and so. It's like, no, I'll put who the fuck I want in my videos. Uh, and the other thing is, is ultimately the controversy that is sparked by having it in the video has has probably contributed to being such a big thing. Like, it was a moment. All of us, like, we sent the video around, didn't we? And then it was like Kylie Jenner was a bit random. And it's like, yeah, because it's probably literally there because it would be like 
Kylie Jenner's a bit random and people will talk about it. So it's had its desired effect either way, which is um, which is interesting. In the last um, episode, we spoke about music videos and never watching them. Exactly. Exactly. Now we're we're fucking nope. studying them at microscopic <laughs> level. We're hooked. I know. I was. Uh, there's a lot of things I was studying at microscopic level uh, <laughs> in that video. Um, yeah. I mean. Okay. Like I said, was, we weren't going to get into objects. Fine. I mean, they both look fantastic in that video. I'm not a massive fan of Cardi B, but she is quite sexy. I'll, I'll give her that. And uh, Meg is Meg is a right bit of me. So, um, just put purely on a human level. Um, it was great, and they both just looked fantastic. So well done to all involved. Um, on the same subject, Shy Town Spurs has asked us, um, and I don't know if you boys, have, uh, I think you both seen this, is Ben Shapiro versus WAP the beef of the year? So for any of the listeners who haven't seen it, essentially Ben Shapiro is like a conservative uh, kind of right wing commentator, I guess. He said some controversial. He said some mad shit. Um, just an interesting character all round. Just come check him out anywhere because it's just interesting to know who he is. And he's basically gone on a rant about how this is uh, such a degrading music video and really, really bad. And um, he once actually said that hip hop wasn't real music. So you should know his level of disdain for hip hop anyway. Uh, and then he's what he's done is he's basically gone uh, on his own show and but read out the lyrics. And in the genius of the internet age, someone has basically uploaded uh, the, the beat for WAP over the top of him reading the lyrics and nice. done the best mashup of all time. Um, it's fucking gold. Have you, have you both seen it? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great, isn't it, T? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think I did some tweets about um, a artist's missus is a doctor about wet ass pussy. And I think basically the outcome of the combo is that he fucks her dry, which is a bit... <laughs> This is a bit bizarre. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said that his wife basically says they've both got a, a condition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like... it. Probably lying to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her pup pup's never been wet for a minute, so. No. <laughs> Fucking super dry head to toe you wearing, but. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him going, well, my wife's pussy's never wet, so that's a bit weird. And then go, excuse me, I'm going to say her name, Sarah. Sarah, like this, this song, like where I'm supposed to, like, what's that all about? Like yours is always dry. And she's like, well, yeah, that's that's healthy. That is, you know, especially when a woman is aroused, the drier, <laughs> the more aroused they are. So I don't know what I don't know what they're on about. And um, Ben, you're fine. You, you know, you please you please me with all three inches of your massive cock. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, the Shapiro household, um, I assume, is fairly is fairly dry in all connotations of that word and that yeah, expression. Dap. It's dap. Exactly. <laughs> dap versus wap beef of the year uh exactly so all right cool well look we're gonna have a, a very very brief break and then we're gonna come back we've got loads of stuff to talk about um logic retiring do we give a shit about that cuban links three uh black thought ghost writing loads of shit um so we're gonna get into that so we're gonna have a quick break and we'll be back after that couple of beers in so let's um let's see how this this podcast progresses as we move past i mean the, the luckily thing for us or the good thing for us is that most of the really controversial stuff we've, we've got through early doors. I mean, some of it was fairly mental, but I think we've, we've moved past that. So going to go into a bit more serious areas, uh, hip hop stuff. Um, a rapper that I'm just not really across and never really got into, um, but it was a big story um, earlier this month, was, um, was Logic retiring. So my question is, Cal, two things really. Do we care? 
Um, and then we, I want to talk, um, I'll let you answer that first. And then I want to talk about Joe Budden's relentless bullying of logic. We'll do that as a separate subject. So first of all, logic, like, do we care that he's retired? What, what are your personal thoughts on, on logic? Mm-hmm. Not particularly. I, I've always, uh, you know, you talk about the Joe Budden stuff. I always kind of felt sorry for him with that. But do I particularly care? Not really. I, you know, I've said before on the hip hop forum that, I enjoy some of his songs. I really like uh, Black Spider Man. Um, he did uh, he did his own version of Last Call, which I didn't like. I thought that was really weird and shit, to be honest. Um, he's never he's, he's always come across a little bit insecure and never really sure of himself, and always mm-hmm. he's kind of like copies everybody. It's like he's copying everybody all the time, and. I don't particularly care that he's retired because I'm not convinced he's ever truly been happy doing it. He's never really been sure of himself, but I've liked some of his songs. I've enjoyed, you know, a few of his songs. You know, I think he's all right. Oh, he's an all white rapper. I quite liked the under pressure album. I thought it was okay, but his stuff always sounds a bit samey to me. He raps a million miles an hour. He's, he's just never really worked out what he is. And he's just never really settled into a style or you know an album that's had a proper theme to it perhaps he just you know i don't know it's it's fine you know i feel bad for the guy in a way but no i don't care <laughs> fair enough how about, <laughs> how about you two any, any follow-up and that's fairly um fairly damning indictment of logic but but if there's a hip-hop um, room 101 rappers retiring would definitely be in it yeah fair it's Shout. just a, it's just a tool used to sell albums you know what I mean? No rapper truly retires. Some just they just disappear, innit? Mm. So I can't say I care that much. I don't have an in-depth knowledge of um, Logic as a bloke or his music beyond um, Under Pressure, as Carl mentioned earlier on. I did enjoy his early stuff because Young Sinatra, that was that was him. So mm. that's for retiring, I just think it's a bit self-indulgent. Yeah, I think the only person where I like it was genuinely like a big event because I think it was probably like the first one where it was really a big deal was was Jay Z, which ultimately proved to be complete bullshit. So it completely backs up what you what you're both saying about retirement. I think it's like it is just it's just a nonsense, isn't it? Like it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's different to like musicians are completely different to say like sportsmen where they yeah. retire because literally their body cannot they can't compete they can't do the thing. But you can. You can be like literally just an old man and make great music. Like there's there's nothing stopping you from an age barrier perspective. So it's it's just a weird it's just a weird thing to do. And I, I, what I would say the self indulgent thing is is spot on for me. I remember there was a series um, on Netflix and it was it was like focusing on different like rappers. And so there was like a there was a Rhapsody episode. I think there was a, a, a Dave East episode. I watched was that. Just, yeah, I can't I remember what it was called though, mate. It was on you know Netflix, what I mean, wasn't it? Um... Yeah. What was that called? Rapology or something like that it was called. And it was like, yeah, focusing on these new, sort of new-ish but fairly successful people and like following them and what they were doing. So like with Rhapsody, it was like kind of early days and breaking into kind of like more stadium tour type stuff. And Dave East, it was like um, his background, like he was, I think he was a basketball player, didn't quite make it. And then was like, I'm going to get into the rap game. And it was like, it was really interesting. And Dave East was talking about like his relationship with Nas and how that whole thing happened. Logic had an episode and it was so unbearably self-indulgent and fucking cringe that at that point I was like, oh, I always thought this guy was all right, but he's a fucking knobhead. I I literally couldn't finish the episode. So I was like, this is so cringe and just, it was just too much. Just like I find with a lot of hip hop, 
especially like modern hip hop, there's like these, the kind of younger generation, the way that they talk about their lyrics, like how deep they are. Like, I'm just like, that is fucking bollocks. There's no way that they've meant that. You, you've interpreted that and then put it on the internet and gone, there. Yeah, this is, you know, when he said this line, I felt that. And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, this is just gobbledygook shit. And I feel like Logic's a classic, like, classic case of one of these rappers who, um, he's, he's obviously talented. Like, he can rap. Of course he can. And it's to your point, fake Carl, deep. Yeah. Totally, mate. It's just fake. It's just self-indulgent. It's just, it's just, it's just bollocks. Like, I just, I find it hard to get on, get on board with it. You know, like, outcasts are, like, so um, authentic with their weirdness, especially Andre. Like, it's very, he's very, like, talking about all this, like, mad, like, spiritual shit. But it's, it's authentic. Whereas I feel like Logic's just one of these. He's, like, talks about all these, like, mad things in history and space and science. And I'm like, but you're just, it's contrived. You've done it to, like, get into that space. I think, so America, what, yeah. I think America kind of lends itself to that. It's a bit ironic. We're on a podcast inspired by American music, essentially. <laughs> but, um, they, they love um, wholesomeness, whether they're sincere or insincere. Um, you know, I mean, going, a bit, going, going way back, it's like when they pretended that Britney Spears was, was a virgin because they think it'll appeal more. So, yeah. you know, you get these rappers saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm so deep. I think about this, that, and the other, and I'm this really deep and thoughtful guy. I'm like, well... The thing is, you paint yourself into a corner doing it. You're not like Talib Kweli. Yeah. You know, and actually, you don't love black women. You just harass them. So, you know, I don't, I don't see a point of people trying to paint themselves in that way at all. But then, maybe, maybe that's his fans. Maybe his fans want that from him. I don't know. Yeah. The, uh, the Netflix show was called Rapture. Rapture. That's it. Thank you, mate. Uh, that was it. I remember that episode. Um, mm. I remember watching that. I watched that one, the Rhapsody one, and I think I watched the Dave East one. I didn't watch the TI one because I just can't stand right. him. Um, Another but, Yeah, I, I remember I quite enjoyed there was a part of that documentary where Logic was, they were like um, rehearsing uh, yes. and they did Black Spider Man and acapella singing always gets me by the feels every time. And I remember really, really enjoying that. But yeah, there is there is kind of a desire in American media in particular, and we're starting to pick that up over here in the UK now, where everything has to have a deep backstory. Mm. Um, not just in music, in sports. Um, you always hear boxing all the time. They'll have like preview shows. It's always like, my story, I grew up doing this and I did that and it was so hard. And uh yeah, there just there does seem to be this thing in America about or there has to be a story, there has to be a drama to it. They can't just be a normal person that likes making music. There has to be something deeper for it. But like I said before, Logic's always come across to me as a very painfully insecure young man. He constantly has to remind everybody that he's mixed race. Um, yeah. he, he's done that throughout his career for no lo, no logical pardon the pun reason other than for his own insecurity really yeah um, mate, absolutely but yeah he comes across like a nice kid but he's just just yeah just so insecure and he bet he'll be back what else is he gonna do you know i, yeah. I don't think i don't think hip-hop as a culture lends itself to insecurity and i've uh, already played a bit of the evolution of it you know you had um ll talking about i need love and then you know over the next 20 years after that people talked about their own feelings instead of um Instead of having a, I don't know, loving someone else, you're talking about your own your own problems, and that's that's probably where Joe Biden comes in, isn't it? Because he's made a career out of, out of emo rap, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I suppose that moves us on to the the, the topic we're around R.A. the Ragman, right, John? Mm. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Spot on. Go for it. Yeah, so I think I posted this in our group, wasn't it? It was R.A. the Rugged Man decided to set up his own criteria to compare Logic versus Joe Budden. And because Joe Budden's basically been picking on Logic on his podcast for a while. And I think I don't listen to the Joe Budden podcast because it's too long, number one. And again, it is a little bit self-indulgent. Um, and I think his two mates, they're just, especially that guy Moore, he's just awful. Um, um, but I do enjoy it. I, I watched the 10 minute clips on YouTube and I like it in bite sized pieces. But I remember one clip I watched on YouTube was, was Joe Budden reading out logic lyrics. It was so funny. It was logic talking about being in a strip club or something, I think. And, uh, Oh, it was fucking brilliant. I just, the way he was reading it and the voice he puts on Budden, it was just amazing. But because of that, Ray the Rugged Man set up this, he decided to take it upon himself to compare them as MCs. And he handed, you know, he came up with his own criteria and said basically that Logic was, was the better rapper, which was interesting. Well, I mean, it is certainly as interesting. And then the kind of developments from that is then heard Logic uh, being interviewed about his retirement and stuff, and he was like, "Well, you know, are there any artists that you're listening to at the moment?" He's like, "Well, I've been listening to the new Rugged Man album," and he starts talking about one particular track, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's just so fucking great, like he's amazing." And then I see fucking Rugged Man like uh, quote tweet the video and being like, "Oh my god, I always, always want to work with this guy." Like we're trying, to... so there's obviously something behind this. They've obviously got a fucking track coming out, and it's just like I'm going to promo my man, which again is like it's fair enough. Like you know, you get to work with people and you like them. It's like of course you're going to stick up for them regardless but um the joe budden thing is so funny i can't i can't do the impression because i just end up sounding like alex jones but when he when he just like every time he starts and he's like logic <laughs> just, he says his, says his name at the beginning of it every time and then he'll just go you're not a good rapper for whatever reason it's so funny really tickles me like addresses him like fucking full names him just it really cracks me up um but yeah, I, th- I find the whole thing like um, about logic's like insecurity and the fact that like, Budden's essentially bullied him. Like that is not this, this conversation is not hip hop at all as we as we know and love it. Which is like yeah. no one gets bullied in hip hop. You might get like done over on a beef, like you might get fucking scored and absolutely slated, but you, you don't feel there's an impression that it's actually having an effect. Like I feel like the Drake and Pusha T, Pusha's absolutely fucking bodied him in in the hip hop world, right? But Drake's not crying at home over that shit. Like he's He's just like, he's out there, he's fine. I feel like Logic genuinely would listen to that episode in its full entirety and then cry whilst listening to like old Creed albums and like crying himself to sleep. <laughs> like I genuinely think he's like, he's taking it on. And the reason I say that is I saw a clip of him listening to, I think this must be the last track on his like last album, supposedly. And he's like crying. He's like, you know, I think about all the times and my wife and blah, blah. I'm like, this is not hip hop. Like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> You compare that to Jay-Z's retirement. Jay-Z wasn't fucking crying over the internet listening to his last song. He was like, I'm a boss. I'm going out on a high. Fuck you. It's like, to me, it's just, it's just not hip-hop-y. And logic is, logic is, you know, we said Run the Jewels is basically hip-hop for Guardian readers. Yeah. Logic, logic is basically um, getting into Oxford. It's just like, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> it's just for privileged white kids and rich kids who are like, oh yeah, I like hip-hop. Who are you into? Logic. Fuck off, mate. Fuck <laughs> off. No, no, no one's, no one's listening. To, you know, we give it the, the the whip test. Like, no one's listening to logic in the car. It's just not cool, is it? It's, it's corny as fuck. Um, right, that's enough logic talk. Yeah. 
Go on, unless anyone else wants to dig in. No, all I was going to say is, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, hip-hop comes from... What toxic one thing that, masculinity. It does come from toxic masculinity, but it also, you know, and I'm going to go a little bit deep here, sorry. Um, KRS-One, he... I remember him saying on a documentary that the early, the early form of rap was the dozens. And the dozens was when slaves were bought in dozens because they would have a gimpy arm or they were really fat or they so they would get sold in dozens. And so what they would do is they would on the slave ship or in the plantation talk shit about each other. And it was called the dozens. Then that turned into like being on the corner in the hood in Harlem and then talking that shit, jive talk, whatever, talking that shit, talking smack about each other, basically. And then yeah. that became rap logic. I don't think has ever been a part of that kind of, I don't know much about him. I might be completely wrong, but I don't think he's grew up in an environment where he's able to, like you said about being bullied. Like he doesn't have the ability to defend himself verbally. He can rap a little bit because he's just copied loads of other rappers, but he doesn't have that ability to fucking defend himself verbally. So he just cries instead. And yeah. that's really fucking sad. But this isn't the game for him. He should go and do something else. Uh, no, now, I'm happy, now I'm happy to move on, John. Sorry. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. And now I'm going to take it back just for one more minute. Um, you, you mentioned like the bullying thing there. Like, pr- prime example, the first thing that popped into my head is like Eminem got mercilessly bullied, was far from cool, complete loser. Yeah. And so he, he created a character that was like completely bully repellent, which is like, I don't care. Like, I'm completely, I will say the maddest shit mm-hmm. as, a, as a way of like being resilient against it. Uh, and so, like, he, he gained respect for that and it's become, like, not bulletproof, but it's, like, has built up a reputation of, like, people don't really go for him that much because they know that he's got something to come back to. Yeah. His logic's just such a soft target and, and easy to, to slay. Um, all right, well, look, we're going from um, someone who's, let's let's say, not from the the kind of archetypal hip-hop community to, to someone who very much is Raekwon. Um, Cuban Links, one of the... Uh, Greatest albums of all time. I'm sure that we will agree with that. It turns um, turn 25 this month, as we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the best albums in hip hop. Uh, only built for Cuban links, and uh, I own one of the purple tapes. So I'm just throwing that out there just to make a few people jealous. It's uh, very sacred to me. It's in a box, and it is literally a purple cassette tape inside a really well secured uh packaging and then the box itself is lovely and you also have like all the nice paperwork and stuff that goes with it uh, and it's one of my most sacred possessions so i love it however uh, he also announced as part of his interviews um for the kind of press for cuban links turning 25 was that he is going to release the third album in the series cuban links three so i wanted to get your thoughts on that because i'll be honest cuban links two is something that i've dipped into a bit like I'm not massively on it. It was fine. Um, I know some people love it. I- I've just got to be honest. Like it's not on my radar. There's a couple of Dilla joints in there that I enjoy. Um, but T, what do you? First of all, what are your thoughts on the original Cuban Links? And then I'd love to talk to you about you know what your thoughts are on 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 a third in the series. And the original Cuban Links was just a seminal album. You know when the the dynasty in hip hop was Wu Tang and and around that time, and I think Cuban Links was a cherry on the cake. So, you know, album has a special place in my heart, always will. As for Cuban Links 3, sequels in hip-hop, another thing for Room 101, just needs to fuck off. <laughs> they're, 99% of the time, they're shit. I mean, I think Jay-Z is in my, is it in my lifetime? Was that volume one, two, and three? Yeah. Yeah, in my lifetime was uh, volume one. 
Yeah, and then you had um, what's it called? I think Joe Budden moved music. That was probably a good, good, se- good sequel album. But yeah, when is this much time in between them? It's a bit beggy. It's like the Blueprint um, sequels. I mean, just give it a break. Yeah, I I agree. Like doing doing a, um, a sequel album is kind of like owning one of the purple tapes. It's proper Beggy Mitchell in it. It's just. <laughs> 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 I, and as you know, <laughs> I've got one of the purple tapes. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest about, about a man who spends all of his time looking for shit to buy. I know <laughs> you Google buy them. Can't get it. So shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So what if I'm on eBay right now? <laughs> um, yeah. No fair play. Um, yeah. So and before before. You know, we started recording. I started like whipping through my Apple Music and going, "Oh, I wonder what what good sequels were there." Um, but in terms of you know doing a Cuban Links free, it's really not necessary. Um, Cuban Links two, I actually remember it. Yeah, being okay. Um, doesn't really need to do um, another one. But maybe maybe sometimes you know at this point of your career, you know he's been rapping what twenty five years now. He's done a million albums. He's critically acclaimed. He's I imagine he's got a plaque or two on his wall. Maybe he needs something to motivate him to create, to create, you know, another another classic piece of material. And perhaps the burden of that Cuban Link's name and that mantle is what he needs to to really get the best out of him. Yeah, so like again, all good points, boys. And I think like the idea of a sequel in music is really weird, isn't it? Because you know, if you think about it from like a movie perspective, you have like a certain set of characters and like locations or scenes or a story or a protagonist that you can you can carry through to the sequels. So like obviously example like Terminator. Terminator one starts the bad guy and then it's like, oh flip it around and now the Terminator's gonna save your life. And so it's like you've got this continuation. But in music, like there it's very hard to do that, I think. Like even if you and and for example, on um, Cuban Links Two, like he hasn't just kept it the same producers. Like Dilla's producing on him now. Dilla's sound versus Riz's sound is a, is a massive departure. Like so, I think like the whole idea of a sequel is literally just the name, and you are cashing in on the success of the name. I mean, not many people do like uh, sequels on their least successful album, do they? Like they they only do it on the ones that fucking hit because I think they're literally like dining out on on that name, which I think is. Um, which is, is like a commercial decision more than it is like anything else. So it's, it's fair enough. Um, what I would say about Ray is, so I'm just looking at his um, like discog here. And actually, I really liked both The Wild and Fly International Luxurious Art, which was last two projects. And, and Ray is like easily one of my favorite out of the Wu-Tang, um, just as a rapper. Like I just genuinely think he's, you know, you hear him on stuff now, don't you? Like he's he's featured on Griselda stuff, and he's like that pops up on like you know Nas stuff, and he's just he's just a proper MC. Like he's just about, isn't he? He's just like him him and Method Man. They're like still doing bits and Ghost. They're still doing bits now, and they just sound great still. So I, I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll fucking what? Who am I kidding? I'll definitely listen to it. I'll definitely listen to it. Like it's come on, it's anything Wu related. I'm going to listen to it. Um, and plus, it gives me an excuse to tweet about my uh, purple tape, which will keep Cal happy. So, it's a win. It's just, a win, tag win. Him, just tag him every single time. <laughs> I'm just going to put it up for eBay for like 10 quid, and then when he makes a bid, just reject it. Yeah, I'll like, wait it until down. it's like just, 
just about to close and then withdraw it. Yeah. <laughs> Tease him in. It'll be the, it'll be the eBay equivalent of putting a fiver on a bit of fishing wire and then just, seeing these uh, walk past and pulling it out. <laughs> just fucking go in the pound shop, buy a load of old cassettes, and just colour them purple and sell them. Oh, it'd be so good. Have that you fucking <laughs> mug. Have that you fuck. You stupid fuck. Oh, um, shit, shit Um Yeah, there we go. So, all right, perfect. Well, look. I need another beer, so let's have another quick break, uh, and then we've got we've got some fucking corking questions that um, that came to us. I think some of them we found on Twitter that someone had just asked, and we thought it was a fucking hilarious tweet about some of the mad reasons why we don't like certain rappers. Um, so I definitely want to get into that, and then we will get into this um, Black Thought and Common, the whole fucking thing that was going on with uh, Jaguar Wright, uh, and also something special for you, Cal. Um, the new conspiracy theory about P Diddy's body count. The teeth look weird in them, though. I don't think it suits him having movie star teeth like that. Oh, is that yeah. his teeth, though? Yeah, well, have he... you not seen them? When he was oh, younger, you know. his teeth fucking horror show, mate. Yeah. They look like, you know in like films when people smash a window and there's all that jagged glass at the bottom yeah. of the frame? That was his fucking front set, mate. mental, got... and now he's got like proper grippers, isn't he? That's oh. ridiculous. Um, talking of mad shit on Twitter, um, Jizza has just lost his mind. We are recording now, by the way. Jizza, Jizza's lost his mind recently. Have you seen some of his tweets about like flat earth and just mad shit? And he's like, makes you think, like, is this, I don't, honestly, I don't know whether he's trolling or whether it's real now. I'm, not, I'm like, I saw a bit it, worried. I saw it on Instagram. And um, the thing is, is that I don't believe in flat earth or flat 5G causing the coronavirus. But I think I think in some communities, they just have a distrust of the government and what yeah. you're told and information that we get told should happen. So, for example, people are, the terms of the vaccine has to be mandatory for COVID-19. Mm. And there's a lot of people in some, some cultures who are like, no, fuck that. You've lied to us before about injections and stuff. So... And it kind of yeah, manifested, not... and it manifests itself and stuff that the jizz opposed because I believe people close to him are probably shook as well. Yeah. To, to be fair, like in that in that particular example, like so, I consider myself to be a little bit like that, where I'm like, look, we we all year round go politicians are liars when it suits us, like oh this is bad, they must be lying. But when they go, I'll oh, take this vaccine, we're all like, oh yeah, obviously, because you're the government. It's like, well, I think it's okay to be skeptical about it. I just think like the way the way he's presented it is not like guys think like do research it's just like a meme of like we've had the flu for 500 years and there's no cure and now they've invented one in six months and you're like and then it's just some weird black and white meme you're like if you are the pandemic yes i follow someone who posts that almost every day nice fuck you now so that's what I mean is like, look, I think it's completely fair enough. And maybe we're getting a bit deep here, but I think it's completely fair enough to question stuff. But I, I totally believe in that. And just because like the prevailing view is one way doesn't mean you, you shouldn't like question it. But I think there's a way that you approach that on social media and in life, which is like question it rather than like necessarily propose the alternative with a meme <laughs> and a hashtag. <laughs> so yeah, a bit mad shit. But um, all right, we've got too deep. Let's get into, let's get into something a bit more fun. We had a couple of... Um, a couple of tweets that we came across that we stuck in our chat that we thought were pretty good. One was from at Phosphorus L6, and they tweeted, if there were an album that you could watch be made, which is it? And so I guess what he means is like being in the studio for, right? 
Well, I guess I guess it's either that or is it a back to is it fade to black? Is that Jay Z's one? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he yeah. means a DVD in that, in those terms or being a fly on the wall. I presume it was like a DVD type thing. All right, cool. Well, yeah, let's take it that way then. So, like a really detailed, intricate breakdown of, of an album. Um, T, which one would you really like to kind of sit down and watch? Like a ten part or on your favorite album or the album mm-hmm. that you mentioned? thing is, you mentioned a group earlier on, and I had it written down here, well typed out here. What I was going to say, um, it'd be Outcast, either a Quemini or Speakerbox Love Below, because mm-hmm. I feel like those are two pivotal albums in their, you know, in their careers as a, as a group. And it's been interesting to see what the dynamic was like at, at the time of making both albums because obviously Speakerbox was a separate album and Equemini was kind of the first illusion that they maybe they're just two very different people with a combined star signs. So I'd like to see those two albums being made. Yeah, it's a good shout. Like Equemini as well for the same reasons. I think that that would be really interesting. Like um, just the dynamic, like musically as well, it's quite a departure from what they'd done previously at that point. Um, so, yeah, it's great, great show. Outcast albums would be really interesting. Those two you may mention would be great for sure. Um, Cal, what are you saying, mate? What, what would you be interested in, um, in seeing? Uh, I think, I think when, when I saw this question early on, I, I thought of an answer pretty quickly, and I, I just thought Life After Death by Big, because uh, the Double XL magazine did a really good piece on the making of that album uh, some years ago. I remember reading that and really enjoying it. And, uh, what, what album? Life after death. Okay. Yeah, and you just you think, and then I think as well, not just about you know, I think because Biggie's past, it's it's like you're never, it's like special, it's special, like the footage would be special because he's gone. Um, and then you think about who he worked with on the album, producer wise, Havoc produced, Easy Moby, the Rizard, DJ Premier, like as well as all the as well as all the um, Hitmen guys. Like there's so many like Hall of Fame producers on there that to see him interact with them and work with them. And there's that story about um, when he made 10 Crack Commandments with DJ Premier and he was in the studio. DJ Premier tells the story about because he didn't write anything down, he would do it all off the dome. And he did it. I think he did it all in one take. And then DJ Premier said he took the headphones off and said, I did it. I'm the greatest. And it's just <laughs> just seeing that. Imagine seeing that on video would be fucking amazing. Knowing that he was going to pass away not not too long later was like it must have been such a you know a special moment for him. So uh, sorry to get gooey, but yeah, probably that. Probably life after death. Man, it's a great great show. And actually, like what you boys just raised there, like is really true. Which is like the Jay Z fade to black thing is is really amazing because it was like we know this is going to be special. So like let's yeah. document as much as we can. And like that level of insight, like seeing Jay Z, like hearing beats for the first time, and like there's a section where I think he's with, it's either with Ninth, Ninth Wonder or someone else. But they're playing like fuck loads of beats, and it takes him ages, and he's like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, here's Fourth um, of December, and it's like, yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And then like he's immediately in the studio, and he does it with every producer. He's like, they're just playing something, just hears it, and he's just like, yeah, that's it. And like having that level of access to those artists, if you applied that same level of access to to Outcast or to um to big like would would be fucking amazing and i guess like thinking about it in that lens i guess it's the most fucking bait obvious choice but it just for, from a like fascination point of view i really liked um the classic albums documentary about jay-z's reasonable doubt because the way they do it is great which is like they have sections with him talking about it and then they have sections with the producers that made the beats and then the featured artists and they go through literally track by track and like really talk about it and the impact of it and, like doing that with illmatic with those producers 
for me would just be would be fucking amazing. Like I genuinely like you could get easily like t- uh, ten or twelve part documentary every episode, like a track, and just spend loads of time talking about like the samples and the process of like making the beats and like Nas going into the studio and recording like that. That to me would be sensational. And then yeah, the other one I guess is like for the same reasons basically is um, is the infamous Mob Digs, basically one of my favorite albums ever. And again, just seeing like seeing like Nas and Raekwon uh jumping on um eye for an eye and just see it, seeing that being made like did they record it in the same room did they record their verses separately like all that shit i, I find really fascinating so um Good great show. question love that love that great question yeah, yeah. okay Wait. so one of the I, yeah, sorry Cal, go on, mate. No, no no it's fine i was just saying you know if it all mattered, it just would have been great to see a 12 year old lloyd banks ghostwriting the whole album for <laughs> <laughs> No, no, he's too, he's, too, he's too busy writing for Black Thought, mate. He's not very <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> mate. That right? That is the, actually the extension to the rumor that we need to create. That is actually Lloyd Banks and Tony Yayo that have been ghostwriting for Black Thought all these years. Um, There's an episode of Family Guy, or was it American Dad, where Fred Savage is like meant to be the best actor of all time. Mm. He pretended to be other people. <laughs> so maybe that's Lloyd Banks. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. Or Tony Yayo. Maybe Tony Yayo is the brains behind Nas, Jay-Z, Outkast, Big, everybody. Because Tony Yayo is at least 67 years old. So <laughs> he's got, I think he's the brains behind everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that is official. Tony Yayo um, is, is run, run hip-hop since its inception. That fact. There we go. What's up, what's up, what's up? I uh, hope you've enjoyed this first part. Obviously, it's been it's been mad crazy and there was so much to talk about. We needed to carry on into our part two. Uh, so join us on the second part of this episode for silly reasons why we dislike rappers, Black Thought having a ghostwriter, he did his body count, plus all of your amazing questions. So uh, stick with us for part two. Peace.